Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Pam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. And welcome back, NASCAR fans. Welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee, and she is Tam. Hey! Hey, Miss Tam. How was your weekend? My weekend was most excellent, Renee. I have no complaints. How was my Saturday? My Saturday was most excellent. Like most women, I went and got my nails done. Now, because there was a race on Saturday, it kind of changed up my schedule. But I literally went out, got me a pecan bun, and then I went to the nail salon, came home, and got in front of my TV to watch the race. And before you ask, no, I did not watch any college football because I just cannot be bothered watching the young boys. I like them (laughs) when they get to the pros. I can totally understand that. Just like most men, I uh, revolve my entire weekend around football, college, and NFL, as well as the NASCAR race. As a matter of fact, I was fortunate to uh, attend a UCLA game. Uh, a friend of mine had an extra ticket, and uh, I've actually become a UCLA fan over the years since living here in Southern California. And it was awesome to go see UCLA. I believe you'll be familiar with this uh, team, the UNLV. Oh, running rebels. Yes. For you guys that don't know, I went to UNLV. It is my alma mater. I didn't graduate from UNLV. I graduated. (laughs) Don't worry. I have a BS. BS is short for bull SHIT degree because that's pretty much what it amounts to. But I did spend a few years at UNLV and athletic training before taking my talents to a better college. That's right. Well, let's go ahead and really get into what we're here for. And let's congratulate Denny Hamlin, the number 11 car for winning that race in Richmond. And what a great win for him. I don't know about you, but it's not that I'm surprised that he won it. And I know I didn't pick the guy to win. Obviously, in the two guys that I picked, I'm glad they actually finished in the top 10, number nine and 10, respectively. I'm not surprised Hamlin won that race. Are are you? You know, Richmond is Denny's home track. Denny, I think that was his third win. I mean, I don't know. I can't say that I'm surprised, but I didn't see it coming. But nonetheless, excited for Denny, excited for Joe Gibbs Racing. These guys are showing up, and as I always say, showing out. Like, I don't know what's going on with Joe Gibbs, but boy, they have the Midas touch. And Denny is a product of that Joe Gibbs racing team. And right now, he has the Midas touch. Yeah, he does. And it's so weird because, like, and it's not that Hamlin needed to win that race. I mean, he had already punched his ticket into the chase to begin with. This guy's really got a lot of momentum going into the chase. Uh, He's put himself in a position where he can use that to his advantage. And I can't remember what position he currently is in, but I don't think it matters whether it's uh, up high or down low in, in, as far as uh, his position, but he's got a lot of momentum going in. Like I said, congratulations to Denny Hamlin and his entire team winning that, that last race of the season. Well, Denny may have won, but he didn't win the night because the drama that unfolded at Richmond won the night. So let's jump into it because I know our listeners want to know if you follow us on Twitter. We were on a bit of a tweeting spree Saturday. I mean, it was just so much to talk about, so much going on. I'm not going to lie. I thought the race was uh, at the beginning. Then 
all of a sudden, it just unfolded. I mean... Yeah, it definitely heated up. And no pun intended, but it really heated up. Yeah, I mean, it was one of the wildest races. I mean, what was it? 16 cautions? It, it was either 15 was, or 16. I, wasn't that a record? It uh, was uh, a record amount of cautions. The cautions were one thing, but the drama, before we even get into Tony and Ryan, we'll talk about Matt Kenseth versus Brad Keselowski part three. Yeah, this seems to be an ongoing thing. And this has been going on for the last three years. It started in 2014, again in 2015, and then another episode here at the Richmond track. And if anybody doesn't remember, this whole thing started in 2014 in October. Kenseth put Kislowski into a headlock in the garage. Now that was after Kislowski, after the race was over, ran Matt Kenseth on pit road. It's weird because it seems like these two guys, no matter where it is in the season, and I don't know if you could pinpoint this, uh, Tam, or not, but uh, these guys somehow find a way to just go at each other and for whatever reason it just seems like these two guys just find something and look the the season was almost over i mean we were down to the last race and then all of a sudden these two guys are going at it again you know what's really interesting about it renee brad and matt are a unlikely pair of enemies <laughs> does that That's make sense point. like they just don't seem no. like they would have beef and drama I mean, let's just keep it real. Matt Kenseth is unassuming. He doesn't even strike you as a guy that's going to be ready to rumble. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess at this point, because he showed us what he was about when he caught up with Brad in the haulers a couple of years ago. But, you know, he, right, just, but, he just doesn't seem right. that, like that guy. No, you're right. I think neither Matt nor Brad have that intimidating look. Okay, Renee, let me stop you right there. Brad doesn't have the intimidating look, but Brad definitely, you can see Brad, just like Joey, being into something because Brad gives you that annoying kid in class that is secretly telling the teacher behind your back that you're doing something like you know, and I like Brad, but that's what Brad gives me. He gives sneaky. Me that. So you're telling me he's got a sneaky look. He has a, you know, okay, how can I be politically correct about this? <laughs> Brad has that, ugh, I'm going to beat him up look, as in yeah, he's going to get beat up. Go. But he also has that, I'm a know-it-all type of look. I don't know. It's just something about him that you just feel, okay. How can I say this best? So when I look at Joy, Joy is the guy who know he did something on purpose, but he has a smirk on his face. Like, ha And then when I look at Brad, Brad is that guy who is like, oh, I told you so. That's what I yeah. get for those two guys. But when I, I look I, at, I, at Matt, I don't get any of that. Matt just seems so diplomatic, but clearly we know <laughs> that's not the case. <laughs> Yeah, obviously not. Well, these two guys are going to see a lot more of each other because they both made their way into the chase, as well as Denny Hamlin. And Tam, if you want to run down the names of who is in the chase, and then we'll go over and who did not make the chase. Okay, so you guys can get this online, but we're going to give it to you online right now on the podcast. So your chase drivers include Kyle Busch, 
Brad Keselowski, Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, Carl Edwards, and Martin Truex Jr., Jimmy Johnson, Joey Logano, Kyle Larson, Tony Smoke Stewart, Kurt Busch, Chris Busher. That's a new name for you guys. Chase Elliott, Austin Dillon, and the number one as in Jamie McMurray. So those are your 16 Chase guys. So as Renee said, we want to talk about some guys that didn't make it that you would have thought would have made the Chase. First on my list, obviously, is Greg Biffle. Greg is not in the chase. Hopefully, you know, this guy can rebound. It just doesn't even seem right not having the Biff, as I like to say, in the chase. Another name, obviously, Ryan Newman. And we're going to get to the drama with Ryan Newman. (laughs) But I feel bad that what happened happened to him at Richmond. But then on the flip side, you would not even have expected that Ryan Newman would still be on the bubble going into the last race. Exactly. But, you know, that just goes all back to what we had been talking about all year is how some of these names are younger and different. And some of the names that you're used to seeing, like Ryan Newman, this is a guy who unfortunately didn't make it. Now, one name I do want to throw in there real quick. I tweeted a couple of things about this guy during the race, but Casey Kane who finished in the top 10 this in Richmond, although he had a good race, I go back to what I tweeted, and where was this all year? Because he had a really good race. And I know we kind of touched base on the last podcast, Tam, but, uh, you know, it's uh, too little too late for, yeah. for Casey Kane. Yeah, we actually touched on it the last two podcasts. Casey came in sixth in Richmond, but, yeah, a little too late. Like, where have you been all year? Now, granted, the Hendrick team as a team has been – not so great this year, but Jimmy won. Casey, what have you done? Yeah. It's like you waited until the last race to give us something, but it's not enough. I don't well, know. What do you think? I mean, you know, Casey's your guy. You know how I feel. I'm I'm the one who put the question out there. Is Casey Kane a waste of space? <laughs> it's so weird because it's not like he's a horrible driver. There are a handful of other drivers on that racetrack every Sunday that are, are way worse. And I'm not going to make any names. I'm used to seeing Casey Kane over the years. I'm used to seeing his name when it comes down to the nitty-gritty and to the chase and, and the playoff. Casey Kane is one of those guys that you normally see. And for some reason this year, he was completely non-existent. I mean, literally completely non-existent up until these these last couple of races. Now, as good as it is to see, and I'm sure Casey Kane fans out there, and there are Casey Kane fans out there, as happy as they are, it's good to see. But like I said, it's just a little too little too late. And he's just on the outside and just going to have to wait until next year. And maybe he can use these last two races going into next year and actually make himself relevant again. I don't know. I'm going to ask the question again. Is Casey Kane a waste of space? I look at the top 10 finishers at Richmond. Aside from Casey Kane, everybody in the top 10 is in the chase. Denny, first place. Kyle Larson, second place. Truex, Brad Keselowski, Kevin Harvick, Jamie McMurray, Kurt Busch, Kyle Busch, Joey Logano. That was nine of your top 10, excluding Casey Kane. Casey Kane wasted a space. 
I'm sorry. I mean, I know that's harsh for me to say because I guess I like the guy. I don't know. I'm indifferent about Casey Kane. He doesn't really provoke any emotion from me whatsoever other than Real. the thought of him being a wasted space. I don't know. Right. But again, uh, when it comes well, when it comes to the actual answer of is he a waste of space? Is he any more of a waste of a space than and not to offend any of these drivers specifically? Although I think I've done that a lot this year and they've gone to show me up every time I say something. But is Casey Kane no more a waste of space than Ricky Stenhouse or Danica Patrick or David Reagan or Casey Mears? Probably not. But in this particular season, he might have been a waste of space up until these last two races. Either way it goes, I guess you can make your case to either or uh, as far as what the answer to that question is. And I'd love to hear from fans out there that listen to our podcast. Do you think Casey Kane's a waste of space? Was he a waste of space this year? Or do you think he's a waste of space in general? We'd like to hear from you. Me and Tam, we obviously have our own opinions, but we'd love to hear yours. Tweet us at turns no breaks and let us know this question is so harsh i don't even know if we should put it on instagram i feel bad even proposing the question is casey kane a waste of space but hey right (laughs) somebody has to ask these hard questions and again this is a podcast for fans by fans we just say what other fans think because we're fans and these are some of the questions that we think so moving along because why should we waste any more time talking about Casey King, who's not even in the chase? Let's move Correct. on and briefly talk about our Fantastic Four. So our Fantastic Four, we've talked about them going on 10 weeks now and probably longer because this is our 19th episode of this podcast. We started a little late into the season, but we have pretty much talked about our Fantastic Four For a good 10 plus weeks. So three of our four Fantastic Four are in the chase plus Chris Buescher, who is an honorary member of the Fantastic Four because we don't want to call it the Fantastic Five. Our guy Chase Elliott is in, Austin Dillon is in, Chris Buescher is in, and who is our last? Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson. So three of our Fantastic Four again, which consists of Chase, Kyle, and Austin are in, and then Chris Buescher is like our honorary member, and he's in. So this has come up so many times, but just to kind of, just to beat the nail in the coffin, the changing of the guard has happened, because some of the names that you mentioned, including a Casey Kane, these were spots last year that these drivers would have had. But now the young guys are in there. I just wanted to kind of give a little shout out to Kyle Larson and just kind of really mention what a spectacular thing he's done over these last handful of weeks and these handful of races. Ever since he won his first race, he has really come on strong in these last couple of races to get up there and finish in the top five. And my hat's off to him and his team for doing such a wonderful job of going into the chase with a lot of momentum. Maybe not as much momentum as some of these other drivers like Denny Hamlin, but this kid has really come on since winning his uh, first race of the year. Yeah, indeed. I mean, he has momentum and his teammate is in. So as a team, the Chip Kanaski guys, they're in it to win it. Kyle came in second place at Richmond. And if he had probably one more turn, I think he would have caught Denny because he definitely had the speed. I mean, he He did his thing on the short track. 
Yeah, he looked really good. <laughs> yeah. So, Tam, mm -hmm. how about we go into what we were going to get into earlier in this podcast, which is the other drama that unfolded between Ryan Newman and Tony Stewart. Oh, my God. I mean, now, I was on Twitter. It was like an electric shock because it was just... <laughs> Did that happen? What happened? What's going on? Did Ryan say the things that he said? Did Tony really wreck him? You know, it's interesting. Last week, we spent a considerable amount of time on our podcast talking about Tony's temper. Did Tony not come back the next race and do the same exact thing? Spin out a guy, except this time he did it to the wrong guy because last week he did it to a young guy who didn't want to get on Tony's bad side, who was apologetic, blah, blah, blah. He did it to Ryan and Ryan was not apologetic about anything he had to say. In fact, I was a little taken back at how much Ryan had to say. I was not mad at Ryan whatsoever for saying the things he said. There were fans who were in an uproar, who called him classless, who said X, Y, Z, this, that. I will say the only thing that I didn't like about Ryan's comments were about the incident when Tony was in the sprint car. I felt right. that that was inappropriate. Again, I was not mad at Ryan and anything he had to say. I'm not saying I agreed with anything he said or disagreed. For that matter, I just was not upset because you know what? He was upset. He said what he said and he felt what he felt. But again, I did not like the sprint car comment. That's a little bit of a sensitive Yeah, I think situation. that's where most people got turned off as soon as that came up. I would imagine that a lot of people got rubbed the wrong way as soon as that was brought up. I can tell you this, Tim. If there were any two guys that were going to go at it during a race, after a race, the beginning of the race, in a parking lot, in the men's restroom, these two guys are two guys that I'd love to see go at it. Ryan Newman and Tony Stewart. Now, these are the kind of guys that you see and that you look at that are intimidating. Not Matt Kenseth. Not Brad Kislowski. It's Ryan Newman and Tony Stewart are two guys that I don't want to see coming down, you know, a dark alley after I've run them off the course. You know what I mean? Because these two guys are very intimidating, completely opposite of Matt and Brad. Just looking at these two guys alone, just their physique itself, I'm not going to mess with these two guys. But the fact that they went at it together, I didn't know what to expect. I was thinking, is Ryan going to go after Tony? Are they going to confront each other? That's what I was waiting okay. on. But it ended up being a war of words. Okay, so here's my thought on that. If you notice, Tony went in his trailer and did not come out for 30 minutes. That's true. I actually felt that Tony was in with his PR person and they were prepping him. Because Tony <laughs> came out and he took the high road. He did a great spin job. He kept it real and said what he felt and that... He admitted that he spent him out. He was like, this guy, and we were friends, and ha, ha, ha. It just was so PR-ish, if that's a yeah. word. So it wasn't the Tony that we know. And again, I'm not saying that he didn't change, but you think about it. He was in that, that hauler for 30 minutes. Somebody was prepping him into what to say. That's just my opinion, because he was a little so too politically correct. Or so, so based he on, doesn't care. Take your pick. 
Exactly. And so now, based on exactly what you just said, because he's got an attitude that doesn't care, Tim, do you see a change in his attitude lately? Because it seems like ever since he's known that he's punched his ticket into the chase, it's almost like these last couple of races where he's he's kind of consistently doing things like this or in a situation like this. Do you think it's just him, his attitude? Are we making too much of it? Do you see that or is it just me? Well, here's the thing. If you remember when he announced his retirement, this was like early in the season. He kind of made a comment. I wish I can find the comments, but he made a comment in regards to possibly getting payback for things that had happened. I feel like he is more carefree. I'm not going to argue with that, but it's almost like he doesn't give a flying F. So yeah, so what, Ryan? I did spin you, whatever, get over it. That's the attitude that I'm sensing from him. Yeah. But who okay. knows? I mean, he clearly spinned him out on purpose. He clearly <laughs> spinned out the guy last week on purpose. And he clearly yeah. doesn't give a flying F. Like, even yeah. going back to last week or week before when he was trying to take on Colin Kaepernick for his comments, I felt Tony went a little too far on Twitter. But mm-hmm. hey, who knows? Yeah. So, last question, and we'll wrap it up on that. Do you think Ryan was wrong for what he said? Going back to what you were saying earlier, I think the only thing I had a problem with was when Ryan brought up the whole Sprint car thing. I was fine with everything else. I I don't have a problem. So you were okay with him calling Tony fat, bipolar, angry? You know what? (laughs) I I was completely okay with Ryan calling him that. He could have called him a few other things, I'm sure. And I would imagine Tony would have told everybody, look, that doesn't bother me at all. But I definitely was turned off when he brought up that other... The sprint car thing. thing. Yeah. Yeah, it just was a little kind of like a... So I was was fine with everything. And when that came out, I was like, okay, and cut. (laughs) You know, it was like, uh, let's cut that interview and let's go into something else. Okay, one last question on this whole matter, and then we will put it to bed. If Tony and Ryan were in the alley that you spoke of, who you got your money on, Tony or Ryan? Boy, you know what? It's not like they're uh, a big difference in age there, but I'm going to be honest with you. I'd have to go with Smoke. Smoke looks like the kind of guy that he's going to do anything and everything he needs to do to win that fight. Ryan, don't get me wrong. He ain't going out like no chump, but I just got a feeling Smoke just, he's got that attitude and he's got that look like, I don't know what what it's going to take for him to win the fight, but Smoke, he's going to find the way to win that fight, and he ain't losing. Okay, there you have it, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. If Ryan Newman and Tony Stewart ever decide to go at it, Renee has his money on Tony. And if you want to know who I have my money on, I'll let you keep wondering, because that's a tough call. Okay. What's going on in NASCAR, Tam? There's so much going on in NASCAR. But first, I want to give a shout out to Alan Iverson for giving a shout out to a NASCAR driver. If you guys don't know, Alan Iverson was inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame. He actually went in with Shaq and uh, Yao Ming and some other people. Alan thanked Biggie Smalls, Tupac, Jada Kiss, 
Redman, and Michael Jackson. And for those of you who listen to this show that don't know anybody that I talked about, those are all rappers. And everybody knows Michael Jackson. But he thanked all those guys. And no disrespect, because we know some of you guys listen to hip-hop, but we are sure a lot of you guys love that country music and some other stuff. Allen Iverson shouted out all those people and thanked them for being the soundtrack to help him get pumped for games. But he also shouted out a NASCAR driver, Renee. Can you guess who he shouted out? Well, I'm sure you know because you read it already, but... Right. If you guys don't know, he goes by the name of Brendan Gone. And if you don't know who he is, uh, you can look him up, raced in the NASCAR Xfinity uh, races. And I thought that that was really awesome that AI did that. And uh, I don't think anybody expected that. Heck, I don't even think Brendan Gaughan saw that coming. But it was awesome to hear AI give Brendan Gaughan a, a shout out during his uh, Hall of Fame speech. And and by the way, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Gaughan, uh, his last name is G-A-U-G-H-A-N, Gaughan, uh, Brendan Gaughan. So congratulations to AI on a personal level. And by the way, he also thanked his uh, old coach, Larry Brown and Dr. J as well. And just a, a whole list of other NBA players as well. It was just uh, awesome to, to hear AI give Brendan Gaughan a shout out during his Hall of Fame speech. Yeah, and if you don't know why he shouted him out, because initially, I'm not going to lie, I didn't know either. I just assumed that it has something to do with Las Vegas because if I'm not mistaken, Brendan's family owns South Point in Las Vegas. So I said, okay, maybe it has something to do with Vegas, but it has nothing to do with Vegas. Brendan and AI were college teammates and Mm -hmm. Brendan went to Georgetown. So that's where the shout out came. On a side note, I have a few Allen Iverson stories, but I don't really share a lot of things, (laughs) my personal business. I never really talk about it, but a good friend of mine who's like a brother to me played in the NBA for 18 years. And he actually used to play in Philly with Allen Iverson. And then we used to hang out and party. We had a lot of fun back in those days. But one of my good friends was actually Alan's bodyguard for many years. So I've been around Alan on more than one occasion. And this is when Alan was wild and free. And in any event, so shout out to AI and everybody else. On a sadder note, we have another driver who lost his life in a crash. Unfortunately, Shane Unger, who was a dirt car racer was involved in a multiple car wreck at Eldora Speedway, which is the dirt track that is owned by Tony Stewart. And he has passed away. Obviously, all of NASCAR Nation prayers are with him and his family. And Renee and I just wanted to add our condolences as well. Yeah, but it goes to show you how precious life is and no matter what the circumstances are, but especially in this sport that we love called NASCAR. Can't begin to tell you how difficult it is for those drivers to get in that car and see them wreck and watch these guys walk away. And actually, we can go back to this past weekend in Richmond when Newman and Tony Stewart got into that big wreck and it had a couple of other cars involved. There was a fire that ensued. When these drivers get out of the car and they walk away and you hear the crowd clapping and cheering, They take that to heart because they know how easily 
that something can go wrong. So uh, once again, like Tam said, our thoughts and uh, condolences go out to uh, the family of that driver. On a lighter note, let's talk about Dale Jr. So as you guys know, Dale is out with a concussion. So he was not at Richmond, but he's a NASCAR guy and he can't stay away from the track. So he was at Bristol. No, he wasn't at Richmond. He was at Bristol. You heard that correct. Bristol hosted a football game and it was Tennessee versus Virginia Tech. And what was crazy about this race, so close your eyes and imagine Bristol, one of our best tracks on the NASCAR circuit, actually hosting a college football game. And if you guessed it, yes, it was one of the best college football games ever. Maybe not the best best, but in terms of attendance, Yes, it was. It was apparently over 156,000 people at this track. And of course, Dale was on hand. Dale actually appeared on college game day and talked about the game prior to. And on top of all that, Dale did the intro, the intro for the race. He did like a voiceover thing. Mr. Dale Earnhardt Jr. on the Twitter, as they say, he outdid himself. So if you follow Dale Jr. on the Twitter, Dale can become Chatty Kathy. Dale became a little bit more than Chatty. Imagine Dale Jr. live tweeting not only the race in Richmond, but he was live tweeting the football game. I don't know how we did it because he was in Bristol, but he was live tweeting the race in Richmond, but also tweeting the action in Bristol. And let me tell you guys, he was funny. He was everything yeah. you can imagine him to be. Even on down to after the race ended in Richmond, he tweeted out the official photo that NASCAR posted with all 16 chase drivers and only Dale observed that Tony photo was turned the opposite way. So while all the other 15 chase drivers were faced one way, NASCAR failed when it came to putting Tony Stewart's photo in the Photoshop because they Photoshopped him the wrong way. But Dale pointed that out. I mean, Dale was in classic, 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 form on Twitter. And if you guys haven't seen any of the tweets, just go to Dale Jr.'s Twitter account and check it out. He's got quite a personality on Twitter, doesn't he? I mean, he's very colorful. Well, I will say this, and I've said this before. I've had an opportunity to interview Dale. And one thing that I've said for a couple of years, and I feel like it's almost only now people are starting to understand, Dale's always had a personality. I just think it took him a minute. First of all, he's shy. That's what's really interesting. But I think yeah. now he's comfortable in his own skin where people can really say Dale Earnhardt Jr. as and not and when I say it like that, out of the shadows of his dad. Like now he can shine, he can show his personality and he, yeah. he definitely has one. I mean, he seems to be everything. He's funny. He's witty. He's Dale Jr. What else can you say? <laughs> well, I personally love seeing that guy tweeting. He's so colorful and uh, it's very enjoyable to read his tweets and uh, he gets so much feedback. It's amazing. It's like so many likes and so many retweets and 
And I can't imagine that he can respond to everybody, but it certainly is uh, refreshing to see him uh, getting personal and, and getting involved uh, in the race on Twitter. It's really fun to read. Well, it's funny you said that because he cannot respond to everyone, but he does respond to people. And that's what I like. Like, mm -hmm. he's very personable and you cannot. That's, and you know what? This is why the guy is the most popular driver and why fans love him. And granted, yeah, we know some people just love him because of his dad. But I think he's won over the respect of many fans for being Dale and not necessarily being his dad's son, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. You know, no, that totally makes sense. Yeah. Cause he, well, he's a good guy. One thing I did want to add about the NASCAR race battle at Bristol. What was really interesting to me is that NASCAR chose to compete with the football game. We all know that the race was on Saturday because Sunday was the start of the NFL season. But do you really want to go up against a college football game that is scheduled to have a record-breaking amount of people there? I just found that interesting. And, you know, NASCAR, the powers to be, sometimes things just don't click. And to me, this was one of those things where you have to ask yourself, you knew that there was going to be a football game. And not only is there a football game, it's a football game at a NASCAR track. Yeah. Why would you have the race at the same exact time? Why couldn't the race be earlier in the day? Well, that's a good question. And I don't have the answer to that, but it seemed like it worked out pretty well for that football game. I, I'm sure they wish they would have had that same attendance over at Richmond, but those people at that football game seemed to really enjoy it. And they had, uh, you know, with, with that many people attending the football game, it looks like at least the football game was a success. Well, I had two people text me and they were like, whoa, you know, and they text me only because they know I'm a NASCAR fan. But they were like, oh, my God, I, I love this football game. One of my friends, he texted me. He was like, yo, this right here, this is hot. This football game at the NASCAR track. So, again, NASCAR shine was taken away. At a NASCAR track. It's just a little weird. Who knows? We haven't talked anything negative about NASCAR in a while, so we won't even start today. Let's just keep it positive <laughs> and talk about the chase. Let's jump into our fan comment of the week. So this week's comment comes from the Twitter. We have a tweet from the user dbmorgan 59 who wrote, I love Matt Kenseth. The Penske drivers are aggressive, inconsiderate jerk. And that was actually in response to a tweet by Dale Jr. of all people who wrote, I love Matt Kenseth for giving us good TV. Interesting enough, I feel as if no matter if Matt Kenseth was wrong or right in this situation, everybody was going to take his side because like we said earlier, Joey and Brad come off as jerk. So whenever something goes wrong, obviously people are going to take the other driver's side. Looking through the at replies to Dale Jr.'s tweet, randomly, everyone seemed to say Brad was bad. Now there was a tweet where someone said, crybaby Kenseth, as in calling Matt Kenseth a crybaby. There was some other tweets that said Matt's comments about Brad explaining how it wasn't his fault was my favorite 
from the night. And if you guys don't know what that's about, Matt Kenseth after the wreck was like, yeah, Brad is just going to get on TV and say this and say that and complain. But basically saying that Brad always tries to plead his case in, I guess, in front of the TV. I mean, I don't know. Where else do you plead your case? But nonetheless, this time, Brad actually apologized and admitted it was his fault. But who cares at this point because he crashed out Matt But nonetheless, so that was your fan comment of the week, courtesy of Dale Jr. Although Dale Jr. didn't actually write the tweet, it was in response to his tweets or one of his many tweets for the night. Tweet us at Turns No Breaks and hit us up on Instagram at Turns No Breaks and let us know what you think about that. So it is time for predictions. Yes, ma'am. It's time for Tam and Renee's Race Predictions. We're headed to Chicagoland. The chase is set. We have our 16 drivers who will be racing for 12 spots to move on into the next round. So Renee, we're going to do some predictions for who we think won't get out of the first round of the chase. But prior to that, let me know who you got at Chicagoland. Okay. Well, I'll tell you who's going to win Chicagoland. And I will give you my dark horse as well. Kevin Harvick is going to win Chicagoland. I'm not going back on that. Kevin Harvick is going to win that race. My dark horse, Kyle Busch. Kevin Harvick doesn't win that race. Kyle Busch will be the dark horse that wins that race. Those are my predictions as far as the race is concerned, and I'm sticking to that. Okay, Renee has spoken. So here's your history lesson this week. Before I give you my predictions, I'm going to let you know what has happened in the past at Chicagoland. Past five winners at Chicagoland, 2015, Denny Hamlin, 2014, Brad Keselowski, 2013, Matt Kenseth, 2012, Brad Keselowski, 2011, Smoke was smoking. Now, for our Xfinity winners, do you know Kyle Busch is actually a four-time winner in the Xfinity League at Chicagoland. Wow. Very interesting. I knew there was a reason why I picked that guy. Okay, so now that we have a little history, I'm going to give you my history predicting predictions. Can you say that? Is that correct? History <laughs> predicting predictions. Yeah, I like that. I like the sound of that. I like the way that flowed out. Okay, so my predictions. This is a tough one because, you know, we're in a chase. There's a lot mm -hmm. on the line. There's a possibility a non-chase driver may win. I don't know, but I'm not going with a non-chase driver. I am actually going to go with drum roll. And don't give me no fake drum roll. Boom, boom, boom. Here we go. I always say boom, boom, boom. That is not a drum roll. Okay. <laughs> so I should stop saying that. I guess I should say hit me. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, okay. I like that better. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So let me stop stalling and give you my predictions. I am feeling like I want to go with Matt Kenseth. I'm not sure why, but I'm going to go with Matt Kenseth to win. And my dark horse is actually going to be, oh, dare I say, Joey Logano. 
Well, just say it. I'm saying it. I feel like Joy, Joy, Joy may not that he's overdue for a win, but he's overdue for a win. So I'm gonna go with Joy Logano as my dark horse. Well, there you go. There you have the predictions. Now, let's go into who we think won't move on to the next round. And Tam, I'll let you go first. (laughs) You gonna let me go first? Yeah, I'll let you go first. (laughs) Okay, we talked about this a little bit prior to going on air. I think Renee and I both agree we don't see Chris Buescher moving on. Right. So since we're going to go from 16 to 12 drivers, that means Renee and I are both going to predict four drivers that we don't foresee moving on into the next round. So we both agree on Chris Buescher. So my other three, and I'm just going to put it out there and I'm not going to stutter, Jimmy Johnson, boom. I don't see Jimmy Johnson getting past the first round. I could be wrong, but if I'm not mistaken, he didn't get past the first round last year. So what else is new? So now we have Chris Buescher. We have Jimmy Johnson. I'm actually going to go with Kurt Busch as my third driver that I don't see getting out the first round. And this one is a toss-up between Austin Dillon and Chase Elliott. I don't want to give up on Chase Elliott yet, but he needs to do something. So because I actually predicted Chase to be Rookie of the Year over Chris Buescher, I think if he can make it in the second round of the Chase, this may put him over the tipping point of Mm -hmm. winning the Rookie of the Year award since Chris Buescher actually won a race. So I'm not going to pick Chase. I'm going to go with Austin Dillon. So my four drivers that I don't think will get out of the first round are Chris Buescher, Jimmy Johnson, Kurt Busch, and Austin Dillon. Well, I can tell you this, Tam. We actually agree on three. Well, I'm going to say we probably agree more like on two of them because there is a third one that I kind of agree with you, but I'm going to keep them in. And I'll give you my top four that I'm going to go with. So Chris Buescher, again, we agree on that one. I'm going to go with Kurt Busch not making the first round. But I'm also going to go with Austin Dillon. And I just don't see Jamie McMurray moving on to the next round as well. And I know Austin Dillon and Jamie McMurray were the last two to make that in. I think there's a reason why they barely made it in. It's just because they just really haven't had a solid season all year long. Although that they did enough to get into the chase, I just don't see them going on to the next round. Because I thought about something that you said a little bit earlier, and you're like, this is the playoff, this is the chase, and there's a lot at stake, and it means a lot. And I just don't know, and I just don't think that they have that turn-on switch to take it up another notch. Like I said, I think that's why they were just both 15 and 16 respectively barely getting into the chase. So I'm going to go with those four. Those are my top four, Chris Buescher, Kurt Busch, Jamie McMurray, and Austin Dillon. So I'm going with those four. Very good. No arguments for me because Jamie was also somebody who not sure about, but I feel as if Jamie has something to prove. Kyle Larson, his teammate, is in the chase. And he's a young guy and Jamie's, you know, he's not an old guy, but he's an old guy. So I feel as if he may hang on just because he has something to prove. Right. You're absolutely right. And I can totally understand that. Now, I tell you what I thought about what you were saying earlier about Chase Elliott. Uh, I just think that how his 
end of the year played out. I just think I can't, well, I just can't see him going out, not making the first round. I think that would really, really, really bum him out on top of just the way that his season ended, especially that last race where Kyle Larson ended up beating him out after that restart and winning his first race. If you listen to this podcast, we always appreciate your input. And if you guys want to give us your top four of who you think are not going to make it into the next round, please do so. Hit us up on our social media. Let us know who you think is not going to make it. Let us know who you think is going to win the race. Uh, We always like to hear and read your feedback. And you can hit us up on our social media. Correct, Em? Exactamundo. If that's a word, I stay making up words if you guys haven't noticed. But yeah, hit us up on our social media. You can find me at I am sincerely Tam across Instagram and Twitter. You can find Renee at it's Renee Garcia on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, and all the rest. And you can find the show at Turns No Breaks on Instagram and on the Twitter. (laughs) <laughs> on the Twitter. I like the way you do that. I like the I like the sound of that. On the Twitter. Hey guys, listen, we want to thank you, you guys, for uh, sticking with us throughout the entire season. And like Tam said earlier, I know we started a couple of races late, but we appreciate you sticking with us. And I hope your driver next week wins, uh, whoever your driver may be. I hope your football team won, whoever your favorite football team is. And just like we always say, we know these are tough times in America right now. But thank you for being a NASCAR fan. Thank you for listening to our NASCAR podcast. And like we always say, this is a NASCAR podcast by fans for fans. And we always appreciate your input. We always appreciate your feedback. Thank you for listening. For Tam, I am Renee. This is All Turns, No Breaks. And please, we'll catch you here next week. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 